This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Are you saying Tanner Gilliland copyright infringed Don Bradley <laughs> in 2013 and this is an injustice that has not been, not been remediated? <laughs> We have to we have to go redeem my copyright. We have to organize a, a camp to march to, oh to go redeem my copyright. <laughs> Roving on over the mountains, <laughs> picking up their bones. This is where they live. This is where they died. There in the heartland they roam. What a stupid song. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm <not getting laughs> these, lyrics. these lyrics are terrible. I'm spending money like I just got paid. Hundred dollar bills. Tell them keep the change. Come on. The story itself was presented by Joseph Smith. Functioning as a kind of allegory. Yeah, pop a bottle, about to make it rain. Let me give you something that'll celebrate. Come on. So I'm going to take a new approach to the Zelf narrative, put it in a different context. And if you're wondering why I move the way I do, I just feel so good. Anybody that can send me a redacted birth certificate of a Mormon child named Zelf, the first one gets a free T-shirt. Technically, it's Onondagas, like yeah, dog. D-A-W-G. His hip bone was brought to Utah and buried. We need to dig it up for you for future hip transplants. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Ward Radio. I'm your host, Cardinal. Listen to me. I'm joined in the studio by Kuwaku L, as well as a killer cast. In the second seat, we got Brad Whitbeck and Don Bradley here to take Zelf off the shelf. There is new light and knowledge, additional gnosis about one ancient warrior priest. Oh my gosh. Zelf, who has been on the shelf. Wait, put that picture of Zelf back up. (laughs) Put that picture of Zelf back up right here. I love this picture of Zelf so much. It's so fun. Dude, it gets me stoked every time. Gets me stoked every time. First off. Yes. He's got like a Spartan Falcata sword for some reason. (laughs) And I love it. I think it looks great. There's like a Roman chest plate with Apache uh, foot gear mixed with. Now, that chest plate is actually very much accurate to like what Heartlanders think the chest plate would have looked like, right? They have copper chest plates found in that area. So I'm the ignorant one. No. What about the Spirit Halloween spear? Is the Spirit Halloween spear 100% uh, accurate as well? No, that I can't vouch for. <laughs> you can't vouch for that one? Okay, no. Speaking awesome. of, I decided to, you said Zelf, so I was like, I wonder how Zelf on the Shelf is doing, like that YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. I just went to it, um, and uh, they're at 37,000 subscribers. What? They've got a lot of followers. Oh, wow. I know that. Dang. Dude, Zelf is a powerful shaman who also brings the subs. Who knows? Hopefully, this will boost our SEO as well by taking him off the shelf. We're going to be those people that fight over where he stays. So anyway, okay, we've got a fun uh, little ditty here prepared by Don Bradley, who's bringing new light and knowledge about this. Uh, should we call him a war hero? I don't know. What do I just about Zelf? I don't know a lot about Zelf. I confess, but I've have heard the name, and I know that he's a really cool sub character in Richard Rich's. Uh, um, living scriptures cartoons. Oh, yeah. So, in the anyway, Samuel the Lamanite episode. Exactly. Don, take it away. What do we need to know about Zelf and his proverbial shelf? Yes. So, 
Zelf, some most people probably know watching this, Zelf, the Zelf story is one that Joseph Smith narrates during the March of Zion's camp. This is 1834. So the a number of the early Latter-day Saint men are marching from Kirtland, Ohio to Missouri, Zion, right? Mm-hmm. Because the saints in Missouri are being persecuted. And so Zion's camp is going there in order to redeem the land of Zion, so to liberate Zion. So they're, cool. they see themselves as like fighting for freedom. Nice. Right? Rock on. And on the way from Ohio to Missouri, they pass through Illinois, and they encounter a Native American burial mound there. And they are very familiar with these at that period of time. They, they know what, they, what these look like, what these are. They dig into them, right? And um, which, by the way, to our modern sensibilities, yes. isn't that wild? Just like the thought of you can't dig a pit in my home county of Los Angeles within 3000 feet of what might be a potential archaeological site without getting 15 approvals. Meanwhile, the pioneers could like roll by and be like, hey, there's another Indian burial mound. Well, no, we recognize that it's morally problematic because yes. if you were to go like Cardin, if we were just to be walking around and we're like, hey, there's this old pioneer cemetery here. Yeah. Let's just start digging and see I what fear we the, find. I fear uh-huh. the county government more than I do the morality, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, yeah, exactly. I hear you. So, but they dig into this mound and they find just a few feet down, they find a skeleton. And in between some of the back ribs of the skeleton, they find an arrow point. Mm -hmm. So they bring these bones and this arrow point to Joseph Smith. He examines them. He goes, lies down in his wagon for a while. And later on, he tells them that this skeleton belonged to Zelf, who was a man of God and a white Lamanite warrior. And we'll talk a little bit more later about like what specifically did he say about this figure and what does it all mean? But like the way that so what I want to part of what I want to do is look at the Zelf narrative in its original context. So what Zelf means to people now is Book of Mormon geography debates. That's that's the significance Zelf has in the the modern mind. Okay. And I think that's part of why he ends up in the you know um, title of the Zelf on the Shelf podcast is because Zelf uh, from the vantage point of like most Book of Mormon scholars, academic scholars who adopt a limited Mesoamerican geography model, Zelf becomes kind of an embarrassment where they want to downplay the figure of Zelf. Whereas for Heartland, people who adopt the Heartland geography, which is really based in the United States, right? They want to say, well, there you go. Like the fact that this white Lamanite warrior was found in Illinois means that the U.S. is the location of Book of Mormon events. All right. So, yeah. So, so the Heartlanders love it because they view it as like the smoking gun. Maybe not the smoking gun, but the, but the smoking spear. The smoking... Uh, what <laughs> the is smoking it? arrowhead. The smoking arrowhead. Yeah. The smoking... Yeah, exactly. Okay, so keep going, man. Okay. So I originally gave the the some of the stuff I'm going to talk about today. I originally presented at Mormon History Association back in 2010. And Brad, uh, when, when I gave this talk, I started with these two quotes. You want to read that second one there? Oh, yeah. That Zelf upon the shelf. I have talked to him myself, <laughs> Dr. Seuss. So this is 2010. So this is 13 years ago, right? Oh, 13 and a half years ago. Wow. So, so I connected Zelf with Dr. Seuss and that shelf way back before the the podcast of this name was started. Just saying. Oh. Just saying. Are you saying that what's his name? Tyler Gilliland Quaker. What's his name? 
A Tanner. Tanner. Or Tanner. Tanner. Tanner yeah. Are you saying Tanner Gilliland copyright infringed Don Bradley <laughs> in 2013 and this is an injustice that has not been not been remediated? <laughs> We have to we have to go redeem my copyright. We have to organize a, a camp to march to, oh to go redeem my copyright. No, I have no copyright. Quinky was like all <laughs> for this. He's over yeah. Rock on. I'm like, guys, whoa. This I don't is- know who came up with the name. I don't know if it was Tanner or Samantha. I don't know who. I don't know who's like the power. That's a great name. name. We don't know who came up with it, but we know who they copied. Just like John Delaney <laughs> copied Thrive. It looks like oh Zelf on the Shelf <laughs> copied freaking Don Bradley. And this is an injustice. <laughs> this is an injustice that has gone on too long. So anyway, tell us. Tell us more about okay. our brother, Zelf. So, as I was saying, in the original Zelf, well, well, I guess a preface maybe to this. So I'm going to take a new approach to the Zelf narrative, put it in a different context. Hmm. So instead of the context of modern debates over Book of Mormon geography, why don't we take radical idea? Why don't we take the story of Zelf and put it in the original context in which the story was actually told by Joseph Smith okay, hit it. and see what that might reveal about the story? So what I'm going to propose is that the story of Zelf was presented by Joseph Smith functioning as a kind of allegory. Okay. Now, whether that's his personal intention, which it may well have been, or whether this would be seen as like a divine intention for this to act as an allegory or just a subconscious intention, whatever, right? Like, I'm not trying to make a judgment on that. So if I understand it correctly, you're saying, okay, well, it's possible that the Zelf narrative might have been a little bit more like the allegory of the olive tree in the book of Jacob. We weren't actually trying to say this is the vineyard of the Lord. We're kind of saying this is the vineyard of the Lord more broadly in kind of like almost like a parable, right? Right, like a like a parable. So an analogy. Um, so yeah, there are different. Jesus tells different parables. You mentioned the allegory of Zenos in the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon sometimes even tells narratives that where it's not giving an explicit allegory. It's actually just talking about events, but it says some of the things in ways that seem allegorical. So for instance, in Alma ten. Uh, Alma and Amulek are in the land of Ammonihah. They are having this sort of debate or argument with two lawyers there who are named Zeezrom and Antiona. And right in the middle of that story, uh, the, the Mormon chooses to throw in a description of the Nephite monetary system. And okay. like, why does he throw it in right there, right? When he does, Two of the names of monetary denominations among the Nephites that he gives are the Ezram and the Antion. Now, notice the names of the two lawyers, okay? Mm. Z. Ezram and Antion, uh, right? So, basically, you're just taking the names of a couple of these kinds of money and you're adding a prefix and a suffix. So, it's like, you know, um, Mr. McMoney... And Mr. Gold Goldman or something, you know, and it's uh-huh. like, oh, okay, I Gold get it. Barber, like, right, or right, something. right, right, yeah. right. And so it's um, it's actually t- there's something allegorical here. There's a story here that's about greed, and so the names are being structured in a way that's supposed to put that across. Now he never he never says, hey, I'm telling you something here that's partly allegorical, but that's exactly what he's doing nonetheless. And, and you would you, I, if I understand it correctly, you're saying that. The not depravity, but the obviousness of the correlation between those names and then the monetary units mm-hmm. in an ancient language would have been immediately perceived as an allegory. Well, right? it, it's supposed to signal that whether we as the audience pick up on it or not, it's clearly supposed to signal that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and, cool. And it may be the case, it doesn't necessarily mean those two lawyers didn't exist. 
Sure. But it's, hey, he named them these things to signal this allegory. We're withholding meaning. their names to protect the innocent. <laughs> and we're changing Well, them. changing their names to condemn the guilty, actually, is what's okay. going on here. Rock okay? on. Okay, so, so that might uh, be what's right. happening with Zelf. Right. So I'm going to okay. suggest that when we put the Zelf narrative in the original context in which Joseph Smith delivers it, it's actually allegory. Now, something to discuss like further, maybe to address just a little bit more sort of the way that Zelf is used as sort of a football, right, um, between people arguing for different um, sorts of Book of Mormon geography. I've got a quote here from a BYU professor and Book of Mormon scholar, Noel Reynolds. So he once said, there are two types of Book of Mormon scholars, those who have Zelf respect and those who do not. Okay? <laughs> so, um, ah. so, right, so people who... Basic, and basically, these map on to people who uh, are like into the heartland model and people who are not, right? So they people will either elevate the Zelf story or reduce the Zelf story depending on their geography model. So if you favor a Mesoamerican model, you're like, ah, that Zelf story, we don't really know that much about that. I'm not really sure Justin yeah. has said this or that, you know. Okay, but yeah. if you think that uh, there's the heartland model is correct, you're going to be like... Ozelf. In fact, literally, yeah. you're going to be like Ozelf, right? Because, oh, is that where Ozelf comes oh, yes. from? Yes. Like, we did a podcast once, and there's like a hymn. Oh, bro. Yeah, okay, Don, just give me 30 seconds. Have you ever seen the Ozelf hymn? I have never had the privilege of singing the Ozelf hymn. I you, can tell you that. Oh, <laughs> oh, I, don't, oh I, I wish we knew the tune here. Don, but Don. Yes. Oh, here it is, bro. Look at that. Ozelf, words of music by K. Star Henniger. Dude, that is such a Mormon thing to do. <laughs> Give your, like, say all three of your names, like Dallin H. Oaks, U Ulysses R. Suarez, or whatever it is, you know? So they did screw up by not giving one of them Ozelf uh, an abbreviation. Ellis, right? Yeah, well, it should have been uh, by K. Star Henniger or K. S. Henniger. Well, but either way. They just abbreviate K. You still say the exact same Exactly. Thing. So <laughs> there you go. Awesome. What a stupid song. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> these, lyrics. these lyrics are terrible. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> wandering over the Look, plains of the Nephi. Without knowing those the meter, those without knowing the tune, it's impossible. Did to you judge. just interrupt my singing? <laughs> yes, we because know you don't tune. know what the tune wandering is. Wandering over the plains of the Nephites, Joseph recounted those once beloved people, Ugh. roving on over the mounds, <laughs> picking up their bones. This is where they lived. This is where they died. There in the heartland they roamed. Does it rhyme mounds is and that bones? Good? No, this is trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and here's what I, thing. I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt, and then they rhyme mounds with it's bones. Everything's like, right on the nose. How Scottish do you have to be for those words to actually rhyme? Like, <laughs> the, uh, the, it's all in the nose. They're not. They're just describing it. It's a hymn describing. There's no poeticism. It's just like Zelf was a guy who lived here. Sing this. It's it's pointless. It's stupid. <laughs> if I was ever in a chapel and they were singing this, I would interrupt the service. <laughs> <laughs> oh that bad, huh? Yes. Oh, Zelf. I don't know. I think it's kind of got a little bit of. Uh, I think it's got some charm to it. So anyway, um, uh, Don Bradley, you say it might be allegorical. Uh, yeah. I just have one small question. As you're going along, sure. you can answer along the way as you finish your story. Uh, cause you know, unfortunately we have limited time here. The only context I've really known Zelf in was, um, kind of like a mini kinder hook plates 
where people have tried to beat believers over the head and say Joseph Smith wasn't a prophet because, oh, Zelf, and they point to Zelf, and they can never explain to me why not. But it, that's the political football. I, I guess mm -hmm. maybe I've never known Zelf as a political football used for geographic models, like oh. you suggest. Mm -hmm. oh, totally, uh, yeah. I've only understood and really is kind of like a, a, a miniature Kinderhook plates thing, but I am ignorant to it. And it sounds like if he's allegorical for both geographic models, he could be allegorical as well for those that want to uh, prove or disprove Joseph Smith's profession. Mantle, right? I, I think that the reason why Zelf becomes something that's used by critics is precisely because Zelf does factor into the geographical models in a way that goes against what most Book of Mormon scholars and apologists are arguing about where the Book of Mormon happened. Okay, fair so, enough. So the idea is it doesn't match the Mesoamerican model. So it's it's counted against the Book of Mormon because it's counted against the Mesoamerican model, essentially, right? So, so first, the the going into the Zelf story, then how much do we really know about the Zelf story, right? Like, so in eighteen thirty four, during the March of Zion's camp, several of the men who were part of Zion's camp, Reuben McBride, Moses Martin, Wolford Woodruff, and Levi Hancock, kept contemporaneous records of what Joseph Smith said. And oh, okay. so because we have those four contemporaneous accounts, several years later, we have the History of the Church account, I think, written in 1842, you know, during Joseph Smith's lifetime. And then we have other later accounts from Heber C. Kimball and others who were present, right? And these accounts, especially those early accounts, they agree on a number of things. And so there are things that we can know with great confidence about what Joseph Smith said. So first, Joseph said that uh, this these bones belong to a guy named Zulf. Okay, we can be certain of that because the early accounts agree on this. Then, uh, which, by the way, as you mm -hmm. say that, anybody that can send me a redacted birth certificate of a Mormon child named Zelf, the first <laughs> one gets a free T-shirt. When we make that, I have Zelf respect T-shirt. The first one is going to the first kid named because I've met an Abinadi. I've met a Nephi and I've met an Ammon at church, but I ain't never met no Zelf. That's a hardcore Heartlander that's going to name his kid Zelf. I'm, I'm climbing the name on Indagas for myself, but yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Rock on. Yeah. Rock on. Keep going. So, uh, which is part of the Zelf story. So, uh -huh. Joseph Smith says that Zelf was a man of God and reportedly says that Zelf was a quote unquote white Lamanite. And so, um, if he's, he's saying that Zelf was a soldier. So who is he telling this to? Well, this is the March of Zion's camp. He's telling oh, this to soldiers. Soldiers. Yeah. Right? So he's talking to soldiers about a soldier. Well, that's going to connect for them, right? Yeah. So then uh, what kind of soldier was he? Well, he was a man of God. He was a righteous soldier. He says he was fighting under a prophet general Onondagas. So what's the worst thing that can happen to the guys, the soldiers in Zion's camp? Well, theoretically, they could die yeah. fighting, right? Yeah. So if they did... Like, what would, where would they go? Well, where is Zelf now? I mean, if Zelf was a righteous warrior fighting under a prophet and he died in the process, he went to his reward, right? Yeah. He's in heaven. So the worst thing that can happen to them is they can go to heaven. So there's a, there's an implicit positive exhortation for them, like, be like Zelf, be courageous, fight. Even if you die, you're fine, right? Um, Zelf's fighting under this prophet Onondagas. Well, soldiers serving under a prophet general? In this narrative, it's oh, pretty analogous. He's yeah. telling this, Science it's completely camp. analogous. Yeah, uh -huh. They are soldiers serving under Prophet General Joseph Smith. The name Onondagas. So, where does this name come from? Right? It's well, like a Gen Z slang, right? Like, 
You own <laughs> dogs, right? Yeah, yeah. You made that it's, connection, it's bro. It's connectically, yeah, uh, technically, it's own dogs, like yeah, dog. D-A-W-G. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> totally. Um, and in addition all, to that... <laughs> I have no clue what you're it's not like having a stroke. <laughs> and it's the name of a Native American tribe, one of the like five nations, six nations. Um okay. like oh. Iroquois tribes. Where did they live? They lived in upstate New York. Yeah. So if you look at where Palmyra is, it's in Wayne County, New York. There's one intervening county, I think it's Yates County. Um, and then there's another county after it, Onondaga County. This right. is traditional oh, Onondaga oh, land. Rock okay? So the name Onondagas evokes upstate New York where Joseph Smith was from. Yeah. So, so this is a story about a righteous soldier serving under the direction of a prophet general whose name happens to connect with the area that Joseph Smith is from. So are you saying that this is like so obviously analogous to Zion's yes. camp? You think it couldn't be interpreted as anything else but an allegory? So I think in the context, it's got to be seen that th these would not be coincidental relationships. These are okay. significant. These are meaningful. Mm -hmm. So then in the accounts, we are told also that Joseph had said that the prophet Onondagas was known from the sea east to the Rocky Mountains. Well, at this time, they were expanding their understanding of Zion. So Zion wasn't just a city, right, where they're going to march out to help redeem okay. the, the place for the city of Zion. Zion was a larger land. And so, hence, we have the idea that at that time of stakes of Zion. So even though Kirtland is several hundred miles from where they're going in Missouri, yeah. it's one of the stakes of Zion. So mm -hmm. they had by this time, they'd formed the idea, we're told, that all the way from the Atlantic to the Rocky Mountains – was the land of Zion. Well, that's the exact area that Joseph Smith says this prophet on Onondagas was known. And that's the argument that the Strangites make about that letter where Joseph Smith told James Strang, you know, thou art to be the leader in this stake in Zion. And the big question was, okay, did he mean that stake out there and yeah. just that small area? Or did he mean the entire essence of Zion as a people and the Mormon church? Because back then there was not a, a, a finite definition of what a stake in Zion was. Right. But they were okay. getting a larger sense of what the land of Zion included, yes. which also was the area of the United States at the time. Right. after the Louisiana Purchase from the Atlantic to the Rocky Mountains. So they were the original Heartlanders. Yes. <laughs> so um, Joseph is also, and I know there might be some question about how original this detail is, but uh, he, he also reported to have said that Zelf died in the last great struggle between the Nephites and the Lamanites. There's, so there's an apocalyptic context here, right? So just like Zelf fought in an apocalyptic battle, these are the Latter-day Saints marching to redeem Zion. That's inherently apocalyptic, okay? So, so far we've explained all the elements of the Zelf story based just by on its context, the March of Zion's camp, except one element, okay? Ooh. And that element is the name Zelf itself, Okay. Now, Zelf itself. Zelf itself, yes. Okay. So, cool. oh. what if, if you are a <laughs> soldier marching in Zion's camp, Joseph Smith is like this prophet Onondagas. Who are you like? Who, who are, no, no. Who is Zelf like? Zelf is like you. You're right. Zelf yourself. is like you. He's the warrior. Yourself, You're the right? warrior. Yeah. And what word in the English language is most like the name Zelf? The self. 
self, right? Which is why that pun that Noel Reynolds made works, right? Self-respect, because yeah, it sounds just like self-respect, right? Yeah. So Onondagas is like Joseph Smith. He's from the area of Joseph. His name associates him with upstate New York, where Joseph Smith's from. Zelf, the name associates him with yourself. This is an allegory. You're, this you, is like Carl you are, Jung Joseph stuff. Smith is Onondagas. You are Zelf. You yourself are Zelf. And so there's a message here. This is not Joseph Smith giving a lecture. I'm now going to give you a lecture on Book of Mormon geography. We're going to put pins on the map to show you where the Nephites were. And here's a burial mound that proves it. This is exhortation to the members of Zion's camp. That's the context in which this makes sense. And exhortation so obvious that the principal character is named linguistically against the terminology of the self. This is literally like archetypal Carl Jung stuff, but we just didn't pick up on it because we were right. too busy so arguing. So what's the where... controversy? <laughs> so once you know what the actual original context of the self-narrative is and how it fits, then it's kind of like, okay, yeah, like what's the big deal? Well, the controversy is people are using this to try to establish Book of Mormon geography. Well, if there was this Nephite or white Lamanite or whatever in Illinois, then the Book of Mormon events must have happened up there in the U.S., not down in Central America. So that's what people are fighting about. Okay. It, it, is there like is there, I thought there was like a skeleton or something? Yeah, there's a skeleton. Didn't the guy like dig up a like some body and said, "Oh, it's Zelf." Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, and also so, another but it was problem just a is, dead guy. Well, a lot of a <laughs> so lot of people try and use it as also proof positive that Joseph Smith wasn't a prophet. In the same way, they try and say that oh, Kendrick plates a proof positive he wasn't a prophet, but they end up recycling uh, tropes and straw men that aren't supported by the original historical documents. When you look at it, there's actually a lot more leeway for what the Zelf story um, is, and that's no, I, what I mean, Don I, Bradley is I suggesting Don, that it's allegorical. Don is this. You were you gave the most entertaining explanation of this because every other time anyone's ever talked about Zelf, it was like Cardin's bucket of cream story. I'm like, <laughs> why do I care about about he said during a march with a bunch? Well, who cares? Yeah. Why? Yeah, this is the most entertaining I've oh, ever nice. been because I've never given two craps about this story. I know I'm supposed to. But it's like <laughs> there you know, those parts of church history. You're like, oh, here's a really cool thing from Eliza R. Snow. Oh, I definitely want to read it. Here's a cool thing from Bathsheba W. Smith. I might, you know, like they're just different people. Like you care about those people. You don't really care. I've never cared about Zelf. Well, so now yeah. you care because now you are Zelf, yeah. right? So, yeah. so you know, those shirts mm. people did or, or whatever over in France after Charlie Hebdo was attacked where I am yeah. just sweet Charlie Hebdo or whatever. Yeah. I am Zelf, right? There you go. Dude, I'm digging it. That's awesome. Well, so, so speaking of digging, his hip bone was brought to Utah and buried. We need to dig it up for you for future hip transplant for you. I think. <laughs> All right. I do. Oh, yeah. I, I'm yeah wait, what's the story behind? that okay. they dug up bones right <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to get to that as bonus materials afterwards for now if you want to see this or more check us out on wardradio.com this is fm 98.1 and am 1220 khts we will be back in a feel so good, good. hey guys thanks for watching the video it was fun to shoot it was fun to edit we're super glad that you can hang out with us before we go on the next video i need you to do three things okay First, yes, you got to like, you got to share, you got to subscribe, all of that jazz. Please do it. It helps us with the algorithms, and it also helps your friends know about all of our good content. Second, I need you, if you're into this kind of thing, to check out Brad's book, Dragon Thief. 
my buddy Brad is super talented, but he's a horrible self-promoter and, and he's too humble and nice to try and like tell people to go buy his book. So I have to do it for him, but he doesn't know I'm doing this. This is kind of a surprise. He has not paid me for this. I don't get any kickbacks though. I should Brad. So when you watch this, you know, let's consider helping a brother out. No, I'm totally just kidding. Um, Dragon Thief is the name of the book. And there's even a sequel. I believe it's called Dragon Guard coming out. Okay. I'm in the middle of the first book, so I can't talk about the second one yet, but it's really cool. I mean, this is good stuff and it's got the reviews to prove it. He's winning all kinds of awards and has become an actual international bestseller. And best part is the best part is, I mean, this is how he stays financially independent and able to come on our show. He's an author. He's a professional author. So buy his book, give it a review on Amazon. It's available wherever fine books are sold, which nowadays pretty much unfortunately just means Amazon. Buy a copy, get it shipped to your house, buy a copy for your friends, tell your friends about it, get a copy for your abuela. I don't care if she speaks another language and doesn't read English, get one for her too. The book is awesome. You will enjoy it, I promise. And the third thing you got to do is if you can, please consider joining this channel or supporting us through the Cash App or Venmo. We're on all those platforms and that's really what keeps these lights on. So in an attention economy, thank you for paying attention to this video and for watching this film and uh, just hanging out with us here. It's been an absolute blast. If you guys want to see anything more of what we have to offer, please check us out on wardradio.com. Please send us cash if you can. Please share this with your friends if you can. And before you go, like and share. And if you haven't subscribed, shame on you. Subscribe or die.